When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, my name is Chris Lambert. On this channel, we talk Kanye West, and we have a new Yay interview that dropped today via Brian J. Roberts with Forbes, which I never thought Yay would do another Forbes interview after a couple years ago when the editor in chief <laughs> did that interview with Yay, and it was such a debacle. Things were taken out of context. There was a lot of like back and forth. Yay leaked his number. Uh, but you know, Brian scored a huge win here and Ye's been doing like these little pop-up interviews. He was quoted for a, a piece in Vogue. He did CNNBC. He did that Arlo podcast. And now like doing this interview with Brian, it's cool to see all the ways in which he's just kind of like getting messages out in different like places. And for us fans, it's just kind of fun to discover something new each and every day. Uh, Brian here, uh, you can see Forbes contributor, and then I was a Forbes contributor from 2019 into 2020. My last article was about Aunt Clemens. Uh, I wrote like a decent amount of stuff, but it just wasn't like my favorite style. Um, I kept wanting to do these like big articles and Forbes rewards a lot more of like smaller 24 hour news cycle stuff. Travis, who has a journalism degree, is very good at it and continues to write for Forbes up to this point, uh, mostly in the movie and streaming arena. But going back to Brian here, you can see it's in sports money. And I talk with the biggest names in music, sports, entertainment, and other fields to give you an honest look at what it takes to be great. And checking out his website, you can see some of the interviews he's done over the years. Like we got Tyson, Khabib, uh, 50 Cent, Khaled, Floyd Mayweather, Canelo Alvarez, uh, Adesanya, Rick Ross, Mon like French Montana, Jake Paul. Uh, Shopify founder, Airbnb founder, and Brian also has a YouTube channel where he has clips of all of these interviews and has some like success tips and tidbits in there. So definitely worth checking out if you want to see some of those interviews and get some of these videos. But today we have this article and Forbes now kicks people out <laughs> if like i visited like two websites today on forbes and now it's giving me this so we have to go to print friendly but the link that's going to be down in the description is for forbes uh contributors only get paid on article views so please go and click the article brian's article and check it out you'll be doing him a favor and just it's a it's a win for forbes contributors everywhere <laughs> you know uh so this this title is Yay, Light, Liberation, Fire, and Freedom, which is just so epic and poetic and very fitting, I think, for a Yay interview. Like, light, liberation, fire, and freedom. You get the uh, assonance that's going through, like LLFF. So you have, like, a rhyme structure in there. Just It's buzzwords that appeal to, like, Yay and where he's at right now. So just a great title. Probably the best title for a Yay interview that I've ever seen maybe even like the best title for any yay article i've ever seen so scrolling on down here it starts with the following is based on my one hour conversation with yay 
Uh, light helps us see in the dark, but it can blind us too. Just like how fire can keep us warm or kill us if we don't control it. So setting up the duality of light and fire, right? Uh, which most things, right? Darkness can be really nice if you're trying to fall asleep. It can also be incredibly scary if you're walking through the woods and don't know where you're going, right? Uh, anything in its most intense and muted forms can be both beneficial and problematic. Actually, in philosophy, and arts the word that comes back to is the sublime i forget i don't think it was was it Kant's emmanuel Kant's uh who or ed edmund something did the sublime in a whole like book on the sublime and this idea that when we feel overwhelmed by light that is excessive or completely absence or sound that is excessive or completely absence or water that's excessive or completely absent right anything that's to its most utmost extreme or its most like missing <laughs> or muted uh, gives us a sense of awe and the sublime and puts us closer to divinity and God and the powers that surround us. It's really cool if you ever decide to look into that, but it's, it's had a huge impact on arts. Uh, yeah. So uh, just kind of getting at the sublime here, but light. So it starts uh, in media res, right? Uh, we're in the middle of this scene, uh, in the middle of this conversation. And it starts off with Brian saying, but you're in a position now to focus that light and fire where it needs to be to reset and set things back to a sacred place, I said. That's why God has you here at this time, Ye said. If only he would say that to us. Yesterday was the best day of our life thus far. Today is even better, and tomorrow will be better than that. I remove the singular because we are one, collective consciousness. Oh, so that's Brian DeYay? Okay. Human beings, as we are attracted to each other, we're attracted to things. Everything on a human is functional. There's nothing of pure aesthetic. It all has a purpose, and we're God's favorite technology. That's definitely <laughs> yay. But that is true. Everything on a human is functional. Anything that's not functional gets kind of evolved out, like tails. People sometimes still are born with little tails, but because tails serve no purpose, to us, they're completely gone. All of our organs serve a point, except that one that now serves no point, but it used to, you know? Uh, okay. When Ye was three years old, his late mother, Donda West, PhD, a Fulbright scholar and chair of Chicago State University's English department, knew he had a gift, many gifts. Since he made a, uh, graphite portraits as a student at Polaris School for Individual Education in 1995 to his first appearance on an album titled Down to Earth in 1996, Ye had demonstrated time and time again a remarkable ability to transcend, then transform, artistic mediums. More for you. Uh, what's interesting here, you can see Polaris School for Individual Education. Ye's mom was a professor, right? So he grew up with his mom teaching, talking about school all the time. My mom was a professor. She had a PhD in biology, specifically animal behavior, and taught at Kent State University in Ohio. And it does give you a different perspective on education and thoughts on education, I think. Like I spent a lot of time <laughs> talking with my mom about school, having like her college perspective on school and grading and students, even from when I was a young kid. I even took a class in college called Create a College where you got to design a school. Uh, but with Ye going to like a specialized school, having his initial college be an art school and then going to 
was it Chicago State, uh, for his second college. So he dropped out twice from college. Uh, I'm just thinking about him starting Donda Academy and the recent like media cycle that has been negative towards Donda Academy and people being like, oh, why is he making a school? And it's like he has such a history with education from his mom, from the kinds of schools that he attended as a kid that you could imagine the reasons why he maybe cares about education more than some others and just being in the world of education probably in some ways makes him feel closer to his mom. I know it would for me, like I associate my mom with classrooms and school and lectures and specifically like college. Um, but there's something about that educational aspect that whenever I think about teaching, it makes me feel closer to her. I wonder if it's kind of the the same with Ye, but even him going to a specialized school, right? Polaris School for Individual Education rather than just a random public school. Uh, seems like it would kind of lean him more in a direction uh, to start a Donda Academy or be interested in Donda universities, right? So, but despite his unprecedented commercial successes, his efforts have always been and still are stifled. Don't rap, produce. So Ye fought and won 21 Grammys. Don't design, rap. So Ye fought again and his Yeezy Fashion Consortium consortium is worth billions. And what this is saying, it's not like a quote from Ye or Brian, but a summary of what people were telling him right? They were telling him, you can't be a rapper, you need to be a producer. So he became a rapper. They were telling him, you can't be in fashion, you need to just be a musician, you need to just be a rapper. So he got into fashion. Um, yet the fight continues, Ye's fight continues, and then we get fights. When I finally got to see the store, my little small piece of the store, I understood what we were fighting for. It's our responsibility and pleasure to turn these dreams into reality, to simplify things and provide more room for people to imagine, not constricting or enforcing ideas. Now we're in a position where ordained people care about this vision. We're not a bunch of cowboys running around seeing what we can get out of things, <laughs> Ye said. Um... I think with the idea ordained people care about this vision, we're not a bunch of cowboys. Like the idea of cowboys, it has that like wild, wild west aspect. When you're a cowboy, you're somebody that kind of is a loner. You're flying by the seat of your pants. You're outside the establishments. And a lot of like entrepreneurs, a lot of people that are trying things are in that cowboy mentality where you're outside of the system trying to get in or on your own where ordained people, if he's not being like literal in that we have like religious people that are backing us, but uh, these people that are ordained, like they are high value business people, right? That have a proven track record. They are involved in uh, high level businesses, like the Shervin guy that Ye just signed on to be his vice chairman or vice president of Yeezy has been part of all of these investments into huge, huge companies. And it's like when you have people like that, when you have some of the VCs that he's talked about, when you have people like Elon that are interested in what you're doing and maybe putting you in contact with people, supporting in ways like that's ordained people that care about what Ye is doing, even like Demna helping the the Yeezy Gap stuff with Balenciaga coming in and facilitating some of the actual creation of products. 
ordained people, right? Rather than cowboy stuff where Ye is just kind of like running around and being like, hey, can you do something for me? Can you do something for me? Um, okay, seeing what we can get out of things. And this is where Adidas and I are. There's a possibility we can co-parent products that we make, but not in a way where I'm getting uh, not getting say-so over colorways and where they're treating me like I'm dead. I'll always point back to the blue Yeezys back there as I don't think they would exist. And what he was talking about, like treating me like he's he's gone, is this idea that they weren't reaching out to him about colorways or naming of shoes. And so there is this whole slew of Yeezys that came out that came out without Ye's permission. And as far as I was aware, he had a contract that said he had final say over everything. So the fact that things were being released without his say was something that upset him. And how are they going to treat him like that when it was in the contract? Though I saw somebody say that Ye wasn't approving anything from Adidas. So they just kind of not even getting back to them, which I don't know how true that is. It's kind of a, a he said, she said situation, uh, or he said, Adidas said, <laughs> but that would also make it hard if you're trying to put out these products that you know are making all this money and you're not getting uh, anything, like, or maybe you're just getting no's and rejections on everything. I can see why they might want to do something, but at the same time, like, ah, what a messed up situation. <laughs> uh, and to see bags in the Times Square Gap GPS store at the number one prime real estate located in the world where any company with stores would want that store. It was the first time that Gap's comps were up since 2013. I talked to the board. They looked at me like I was on mute. He said that in the CNBC interview as well, that he would be on these phone calls with the board and the way they were reacting to the things that he was saying, it made it seem like he was on mute because they just weren't giving him a response. They weren't saying things and maybe just trying to placate him by having him speak, but ignoring him completely. But he's felt very frustrated, it seems, uh, from this interview and other times where he's talked about the ways in which Gap hasn't followed up on actions that he wants to take. It's kind of like the opposite where Adidas is doing things without his permission. It's like Gap's just not doing anything. <laughs> so he's getting like kind of screwed from like in very different ways from each of these companies that he thought he was going to have a great partnership with. Right. And you think with how big Gap is, how big Adidas is, it would be, flow a little easier at least gap is released or at least adidas was releasing product and gap just sat on it for such a long time has been so hit and miss and piecemeal with what's being released and where and yeah shipping oh my god shipping okay um liberation Oh yeah, on Thursday, September 15th, EA terminated the Gap deal, and then it seemed Gap was coming at him with all of he these restrictions, but it seems like the restrictions have been lifted already, so that's good. Uh, liberation. My kids will do whatever they feel like doing and be respected by the people they feel like doing it with. They will never be in the same situation as their daddy, who had to go crazy to demand his respect for our family. This isn't about class, it's about dignity. God has ordained me to be a very big influence. Why have that position? Why have a tongue? And that might be what he means by ordained. Like these people that have succeeded have been ordained to succeed is might be Ye's uh, view on it. And it's like he has a big influence and that's just 
ordained. That's what God had planned for him. Why have that position? Why have a tongue, a voice? What are we saying? What are we using our voice for? This is how we're using our voice, first for dignity, then financial literacy and economic empowerment. So first for dignity, right? He wants to be respected. He wants to be taken seriously. He doesn't want people laughing him out of a room anymore. And you can see how this would go back to the very beginning for Ye, where, I mean, not... I'm starting off in the music industry, right? Not childhood stuff, but uh, the ways in which you're a young kid in Chicago trying to get into the music industry in a time where not a lot of people from Chicago are getting into the music industry the way that you're seeing in New York, in Los Angeles, Atlanta, New Orleans, these other cities, Houston, that are really just like blowing up in the hip hop space and Chicago you're just kind of looking around like there's common, but like, is Ye really going to like get to connect with common? Is he really going to be able to make his way into those cities and be taken seriously? And it was a, it was a bit of an uphill battle for him just to have the opportunity. And then we saw how that progressed, right? You've watched the genius documentary where Ye has so such a hard time getting people to take him seriously as a performer uh, like you're a producer make us some beats oh you rap too eh, eh. and it's years until he's finally able to convince people to get his album out and look he's proven right and then the second album he's proven right again the third album he's proven right again he experiments with 808s and people are like i don't know about that he's proven right yet again and then the same thing happens with fashion when he's built up such a reputation and such successes he tries to leverage that cachet into fashion and he just gets rejected again and again and again and instead of finding places that are willing to work with him ready like willing to listen to the vision willing to just be parts of what he has accrued they keep pushing him out the door or not letting him have a seat at the table and we saw what happened with nike leads to him going to adidas and even now with the success that he's had with adidas you think if any company was going to be like hey we understand what you bring to the table we want to do what's best for this relationship and dynamic we want to give you dignity it would be them and instead they're at this point where Ye's publicly calling them out very upset with what's been going on with the people that they put on the team the way in which they've been taking people from his team and same thing with the gap like gap is not doing great and here you have one of the biggest names in the world who's willing to come in and be part of what you have going on when you really have nothing to lose at this point because you're already in like a slow tailspin towards dissolution and yet instead of showing yay like the dignity the trust letting him kind of have i guess a, a voice in what's going on it just feels like they neutered the partnership from the get-go and so the dignity that he wants i think is just that that respect factor of look at what i've done and take me seriously and give me an opportunity and work with me and stop trying to take advantage of me stop trying to hedge your bets with me stop trying to uh, treat me like i'm not who i am and haven't done what i've done so 
Uh, that's a long way of just getting into the dignity aspect. And then financial literacy, Ye's talked in the past about, you know, 2016, he said he was $53 million in debts. And then all the stuff with Adidas started kicking off and suddenly he rises up to a billionaire. But he had talked on Twitter before about how there are people on his payroll that he had no idea and that they had issues because somebody that had a, a Yeezy credit card or a Donda credit card, whatever the company credit card was, was spending outrageously and he had to fire someone. He was looking for a new like chief financial officer uh, or money manager kind of thing, accountants uh, for his company because he couldn't trust the last person. And it just seems like he's become more aware over the years of his contracts, where money's going, what money's being spent on, how it's made, <laughs> <laughs> who takes it away and all of those things. And it's like, that's very important. And you've seen, I don't know if you've seen, but we've seen uh, in other industries, especially in sports, baseball, football, basketball, so many athletes were retiring and going broke immediately because they lacked financial literacy and didn't understand that the faucet was going to turn off at some point. And if you spent so much of the money that you earned during your playing career, that's not coming back. And you have to make smart investments early. You have to bide your time early on. You have to wait for the big contract. You have to kind of be smart with the money, even though you're getting millions and millions and millions of dollars, because if you're spending millions and millions and millions of dollars, it's a problem. So financial literacy uh, in all of these ventures where people that are coming from like, like lower class, middle class, and suddenly finding success because of their creative gifts or their athletic gifts or just their entrepreneurial gifts, there has to be a financial literacy that happens. And the system doesn't want you to have that because people often take advantage of you and people benefit from the lack of financial literacy, which is the exact reason why so many record labels are able to really hold masters hostage and limit the career earnings of musicians. Why athletes that sign like a shoe deal their rookie year end up freaking out because look at how much money they lost by rolling over on this initial shoe deal because it looks great based on what you had known up to that point, but doesn't look so great now when you're comparing it to what other people have. So financial literacy, it's something that we all kind of need and probably learn the hard way and a little behind where we actually need it. And then in economic empowerments is of course just opening up the means by which other people can earn. And right now it feels like the country's definitely in a point where it's funneled or gatekept in a lot of ways. Like you have so many places and ways in which the system is limiting what people can do and forcing them into working like a lot of hard hours, maybe even multiple jobs to where we're seeing more and more every year working poor, homeless, and it's just... It doesn't have to be that way. And there has to be ways in which we can empower people to like earn more without like having to work 
120 hours in a week or 90 hours in a week and distance themselves from their friends, their family, their loved ones, or find it impossible to even have friends and a family or a house or a home. So finding ways in which the wealth can kind of be enjoyed by all is also, but not communi- <laughs> not communism is like a, a crucial thing. And some of it just comes down to like feeling empowered and having the education and what you can do. So uh, my family was separated and I was put in the most dangerous place on earth, the south side of Chicago, Illinois. And we're here now and we're going to bring opportunity back to Chicago in a way where the world has to see it, love it and accept it. This is the kind of thing that throughout history there have been ramifications for, but this time the hero wins. And bringing opportunity back to Chicago is something that Ye's talked about for a while now. I think 2018, if I remember correctly, was the first time he was starting to talk about like, I think he went to Chicago the one time and said, I'm never leaving again, and then promptly like left. But he was also touring factories, and it seemed like he was buying factory space in Chicago. We know that he wants to open factories, that what he's manufacturing in America Oh, he gets down to that later. Okay, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna jump ahead, but let's get to future. Uh, we have an opportunity because we're alive. God is alive. God is the creative director, and we are the channel, the vessel to make it on earth as it is in heaven. Enter the future of Yeezy, created by and executed by Ye himself. As he looks toward the future of Yeezy, Ye named a new vice chairman, Shervin Peshavar. Peshavar is a Florida-based Iranian-American investor and chairman of Edison, a venture capital firm that's backed Uber, Uber, and Airbnb. Wow, Airbnb. uh, And is the former chairman of Virgin Hyperloop One. When we spoke about his Yeezy shades, Ye had paint on his hoodie. That's being an artist. A painter is going to have paint on their hands from painting. A chef is going to have food on their hands. That's the way we work, which is such a great example of the fact that when you're in an industry, there are these like pieces and leftovers and just like consequences of the industry, uh, just in the details of how you live, right? Like somebody that goes to the gym all the time might have calluses on their hands. Somebody that works in labor might have like a, tan or a farmer's tan, especially if they're outdoors. Uh, my, I have a friend who's a welder and sometimes when we go out for drinks, uh, I'd meet up with him. He'd still have kind of like the lines on his forehead from the, the welding goggles, which is always funny, but you know, that's just a sign that he's like hard at work doing his job. You have these remnants and it's a good thing. Like it's a good thing when I spend hours writing or making YouTube videos, it's nice to stand up and know that my lower back is <laughs> in need of stretching. That's my sign. I like working on the computer. I don't have anything aside from lower back pain from sitting in a chair for too long. Uh, that's my paints on the hands or on the shirts. Uh, here, uh, when it's sold in America, it'll be made in America. And when it's sold in China, it will be manufactured in China. So Ye really wants these regional uh, factories and not something where it's just like, well, we manufacture it in China, we pay like cents on the dollar and then ship it all over here and, you know, charge an arm and a leg and look how much we win. It's like, no, we're going to manufacture it in America. We're going to create jobs. We're going to employ people. We're going to like help people and we're going to sell this product here and it's going to be great. And that is, that is nice. Like, I think that's, a great ideal. 
Uh, so the glasses will cost $20 and everything in the Yay Supply Store will be $20. And we're working on how to make clothing free because life is free. Whew. I mean, if everything can be $20, that will just be wild. Which, I mean, at that point, it becomes almost like a basics store, right? You just need t-shirts and you don't want to buy like Hanes t-shirts anymore. You want to buy like yay t-shirts. So that's just all your basic shirts. Like this is a, a basic gap shirts. So you get like basics. It would be interesting to see how creative you can then get in that space with like cut or design or materials. Like how durable are they? Uh, what color palettes can you have? Hmm. Uh, we're working on how to make clothing free. And that's even like the next thing. I mean, if you're already making so much money from other things, like you're charging like shoes, if yay was selling shoes, uh, not with Adidas, right? Like he has these Yeezys that are coming out. Like we'll just call them Yeezys. I don't think they'd be called that anymore, but he has these shoes that are selling as much as the Yeezys are. I think at that point you could almost afford to make clothing free as kind of a service because you know it's building goodwill, it's bringing people around, it's keeping people talking about your company and interested in what you're doing next. It's like you can do all these extra beneficial things if you're not just purely profit-driven because you have all of your profit centers that you care about earning what you need them to earn and then you can do things like that and not just try to turn it into another profit center. <laughs> um, What's next after that, I asked Jay. The monasteries, he replied. So monasteries is also interesting. <laughs> it just seems like Yay is seeing a vision of having kind of like a, a foot in education and school, like early life in the clothing space, as well as just like the entertainment space, but the clothing space, the housing space, and then monasteries when it comes to like church and ways of life he's talked about uh finding ways to give women other opportunities when they're pregnant rather than like not having the baby where it's you know we have these places where you can like just have the kid and give the kid and the kids get to be provided for and cared for and a home will be found for and i wonder if the monasteries would be part of that. I think historically monasteries kind of had that role in other cultures, as well as just the, the religious aspects too, and being a place where people can go to worship and go to dedicate not only uh, part of their life, like Sundays or Wednesday nights, but their life in the way that monasteries have monks, they have nuns. Um, It'll just be interesting to see where that goes as well. And eventually you would expect Yeezy City. Like we're having these like elements as Ye's kind of ramping up. Um, we'll see. But a uh, cool interview. I think we're getting some like interesting quotes from Ye. I like the structure of it. It's nice that Brian was able to get this interview and just get us a little more insight into what yay is currently doing and working on so that's it for this video uh give brian a follow on twitter uh check out the article give it a click so he can <laughs> get paid by forbes and that's it for now until next time stay wavy and keep it loopy cheers
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.